Well, you ready for the Word? Kind of. Are you ready for the Word? Yeah. Yeah, come on, we're in a live church. We're full of life. Here we go. On top of my world, I'm talking about my body balance. My body balance. And uh, we, we um, who likes exercise? Yeah, me either. But I, I want to talk to you today uh, from a Scripture that talks about giving our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. And the truth is you will give your body as a living sacrifice to something. At the end of your life, there will be something that your body, your life, your behaviour, your time, your energy, your focus, there will be something that it was all given to. Some people it's money. Some people it's fame. Some people it's sex. Some people it's popularity. Some people it's a job. Some what? At the end of our lives, what will it have all been for? What, what am I going to give my life for? Because it will be given for something. And I want to ask the question today, what, what is it? Because if it doesn't live beyond this life, what does it mean? What's it really all for? If it, if it doesn't, travel with us into eternity. I'm not saying we shouldn't have those things. But what I am saying is, what matters most? What are you going to give your life for? So God, we pray, speak to us. Give us wisdom. Give us insight. Help me, Lord, as I preach in this African outfit. Help me not to break out in dance interpretive dance in the middle of the sermon. Help me to stay focused, Lord. In Jesus' Name. Amen. Thank you, Ruby. You may leave. Isn't Ruby awesome? Hey, Romans 12 verse 1, it says this. If you got your Bible, turn it. Do you got your Bible? Go your Bible. If you got your Bible, turn it open. If you don't, you got a digital device. That's cool too. Who has an iPhone? Anybody? Yep, yep. Who has a Samsung? Yep, we'll pray for you at the end. Yep, okay. So we also have a big Bible on the screen. So we're here to help, you know. It says here, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Woo, that's good. In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship in view of God's mercy. Pastor Vivian read that Scripture this morning, a classic. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have 
eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. God so loved that He gave. He gave. Church, what tense is that in? Come on, talk to me. Past. Past tense. God has already given His Son. Past tense. It is finished. Because I think sometimes we're trying to find or earn something from God that He's actually already given us. I think sometimes we're trying to get God to do something that He's actually already done. We need God to come into our lives now, but what if He's already here? You ever been on the phone? You never had a phone call? You ever had a phone call? Lord, we just pray for more phone calls. And uh, one time I was on the phone to a friend. His name is Siteki. Siteki is from Tonga. And we're talking on the phone. I was talking to Siteki. And as we we're talking, Siteki was just having a nice conversation. And at the end of the conversation, Siteki says to me, Oh, bro. <laughs> I think I've lost my phone. And I said, bro, you're on it. (laughs) Looking for something that he already had. What if what you're looking for, God has already given and all we need to do is actually receive it? What if God's grace is already there for you, but you're trying to get it the wrong way because you don't get it by earning it, you get it by receiving it. You ever been given a gift? You ever been given a gift? Christmas time, you know, you get a gift. The key to getting a gift is the person who got the gift, bought the gift, prepared the gift, they give it to you. Your job, you know, like one job. You had one job. Your job is simple. It's just to receive the gift. But often we're trying to earn something that's been given. We're trying to be worthy of something that God has already said you're worthy of. We're trying to justify something that God has already said in Jesus' Name and in Jesus Christ, you are justified by receiving and believing in Jesus. So what do you got to do? You got to receive it. What does it take to receive it? Humility. That's how you receive something. The the reason we find it hard to receive things often is not because we need to do a process. Often it's pride. Often the reason I find it, you know, it's hard to receive a gift from someone because that would say that I need it. That I'm open to it. But to say, no, I'm fine, I don't need anything. That would be a pride thing. But when we humble ourselves before God and we say, Lord, I need You, we can receive everything He's got to give. And it's in view of this gift. It's in view of what God has done. Not what He's 
what God has already done. If you're here today and you know what, God has done something in your life, can you just make some noise for Jesus this morning? If, if Jesus has set you free, I was, I was lost. I was a worried young man. I used to worry all the time, just constantly worried. Just worry about this, worried about that. I'd look good on the outside, but just worried, worrying about what people think, worried about my friend, worried about opinions, worried about this, worried, just worried, worried, worried. But I found when I received Christ and I stepped into relationship with Him, I, I stepped into a relationship with the Prince of Peace. It's a nice golf clap. The Prince of Peace. The key to having peace is not trying to engineer it. It's just knowing the one who is the Prince of it. If you need peace today, you don't need to change everything around you, you need to get to know God on the inside of your life because He is the Prince of Peace. I'm so thankful and it's in view of what God has already done that changes how I live. So Paul says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. When you receive God's grace, it'll change the way you live. When you accept His mercy, it'll change how you do your life. You're not here to be condemned into a changed life. We're here to be compelled by the gift of grace. John 8 tells us a story of a woman caught in the act of adultery and it's a terrible situation and she's brought out in front of everybody and everybody's looking on and there she is and all the religious people are gathered around. It's in John 8, all the religious people gather around and they want to they stone this woman, not stone, they want to throw stones at this woman. She's there because religion always wants to throw stones. Religion will meet a problem with judgment first. And it'll point its finger and judge. But Jesus came into a religious model and ideology and he came in a different mode. He didn't meet this woman with the law. He met her with grace and truth. Still truth. But he met her with grace. Grace that connects me, truth that sets me free. How will you be free if you do not know the truth? It is the truth that sets you free. But it's God's grace that meets us. And so here's this woman and she's in the middle. And Jesus, He's just standing there. He's there. It says that He draws something awesome in the 
ground. We don't know what it is, but it was probably something really awesome because he's Jesus and he writes in the ground and everyone's watching him and they're trying to catch him out and they're trying to hold him to the law and he, he draws in the sand and as he draws in the sand, he looks up and they're all got their stones. They're ready to literally kill this woman. And Jesus says this, whoever of all y'all is without sin can throw the first stone. Do you know what happens? All these guys, all these jokers standing around, they all drop their stones and one by one leave. Why? Because the only person who actually could throw a stone was Jesus. And what did He choose to do? He chose to meet this woman with grace. And then He says this line, He says, woman, does no one condemn you? Where where are all your accusers? They're gone. She says, yes, Lord, they are gone. And He says, neither do I condemn you. The only one that could condemn, He did not. He said, I don't condemn you. But go now and leave your life of sin. A changed life. The truth. The truth is this woman had some patterns in her world that were not good for her. The truth is this woman had some things in her life that were not helping her. The truth is she needed a change of life. And the truth is we might all have things in our world that needs to change. We might all have some habits that need to change. Come on, too real for you in church? Because I found out that church, you know what? We're all dysfunctional. Don't come to church thinking that everybody's perfect. No. And if you come to church thinking that, you know what? I'm not dysfunctional. I've got it all together. Guess what? That right there is your dysfunction. But because of the grace of Jesus, we can come to the house of God. Because of the grace of Jesus, we can live a life before Him. And it's in that environment that truth comes to set us free and change the way we live. And I believe, it, I believe a changed life is a life that's like, you know, a living sacrifice is like a life that's like a cup. God pours in. And you pour out. God pours in peace, and you pour out that peace. God pours in love, and you pour out that love. God pours in freedom, and you pour out that freedom. God pours in joy, and you pour out that joy. A life that's like a cup. But some of us can live our lives like a catchment, where we we get it, but there's no flow. Do you know what happens to water when there's no flow? Yeah. I feel like someone in the audience just said, yeah, it stinks. (laughs) It stinks. It's terrible. It's a good thing, but it's gone sour because it wasn't moving. The right thing, but it's stuck. And if you're stuck here today, God wants to set you free to live a life where you become a cup.
We receive the grace. In view of God's mercy, I offer my body as a living sacrifice. In view of what God has given me, I'm gonna serve my community. In view of what God has done for me, I'm gonna help my connect group. In view of what God has done for me, I'm gonna pray for my workplace. In view of what God has done, I will now offer my body as a living sacrifice. Cup. What does it look like? I believe it looks like three things. Three quick thoughts and I'm done. Number one, I believe it looks like living a life of conviction. Conviction, not convenience. Because when you live by convictions, you live by values. And when you live by the right values, your behaviour will follow. You ever heard this before? Belong, believe, behave. You ever heard that? If you haven't, now you have. Belong, believe, behave. I belong to God. He loves me as I am. And now, because I believe, changed my values, my behaviour starts to shift. Don't spend so much time worrying about trying to change your behaviour as you do start to get to know God and let Him shift your values and watch your behaviours follow. If you need to break a cycle in your life, don't just try and deal with the cycle, deal with the belief. And so as we deal with the belief, our behaviour changes. Conviction is a really important thing, but conviction will cost you convenience. I remember one time I played soccer. Anybody like soccer? Hello, come on you Kubu. And uh, we love soccer. Who do you go for, Yakubu? Liverpool. Of course he does. They're winning, yeah. Love you, man. Praise Jesus for Arsenal. Man, you. We'll pray for you at the end as well. Okay, so conviction, conviction. I remember I was playing soccer and with my soccer team, we would go to, to the, uh, the local RSL after the game. And after the game, we'd hang out and, you know, we would have a drink. And I decided, okay, I'm going to have one beverage. I'm going to have one beer. So I went with a, a pre-decision, a precision, little side note tip. Live life by precisions, not decisions. Pre-side before you go somewhere that these are my boundaries and I'm not gonna make decisions under pressure. I'm gonna make decisions in the right environment before I get there, precision. So I decided and I got there and I'm standing, I'm sitting there and the guy, one of these guys, he, he buys me a drink. I was like, that's awesome. And then he buys me another. I said, thank you, sir, but I'm done. And he was like, Oops, what's wrong with you? You're so weird. And all my team are looking on, they're all like watching, what's going on here? This guy is not normal. The rest of us, he's not drinking. Buys me a third drink, a fourth drink, a fifth drink. Lord help us, a sixth drink. He bought 10 drinks. I said, no, no, no. No, 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 no. It's good to say no. 
Because if, if you always fit in, you'll never stand out. But we're not called to just fit in all the time. We're called to stand out. And so in that moment, it was a test of my conviction. I said, no. And do you know, from that time on, yes, it was awkward. Yes, it was embarrassing. But from that time on, the team's respect for me went from here to here. You know why I know? Because they would call me when they were going through problems. Hey Al, I need your help. Because can, people with conviction are reliable. People who have conviction are people that you can depend on. And there's a lot of people who have no conviction. Living just whatever, not us. We live with conviction. My soccer coach got saved. He gave his life to Jesus. One of my friends, his mum passed away. He was the first person, he, I, I was the first person that he called. I did the funeral for his mum. He's never been to church. I invite him most weeks. He's not here yet, but he will. Conviction. Second thing is urgency. I believe a life that is effective as an offering, as a sacrifice to God is one of conviction and urgency. Because there is an end date to this whole thing. There is a day when Jesus will return. James 4.14 says, Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. There is urgency. Live your life on purpose. Live your life with meaning. Live your life for something worth dying for. Let's live with urgency because the hour is near. The last thing is priority. Band, you can come join me. Priority. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first. God does have a priority order for our lives. And seeking God first is simply that in the order of my life, He's number one. You don't need to be a pastor or someone that works at a church to put God first. You can put Him first, not just on a Sunday, but on a Monday, Tuesday, wow, even Wednesday, even Wednesday. You can put Him first. Seek Him first. Seek first His righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness is not behavioural, it's positional. I am righteous in Christ. And because of that position, changes the way I live. Seek first 
to be in Jesus, in relationship and in position with Him. Seek His kingdom. What is His kingdom? His kingdom is His culture, His way of doing life. What what comes out of your mouth? How do you speak? Do you speak with the kingdom in mind? What's the culture of your life? What's the culture of your family? What's the culture of your household? Seek first His righteousness, your position in Him and seek first His kingdom, His way of doing life. And all these other things, not some, all, all, all. Come on church, everyone say all. All these other things. You, that, you mean that thing? Yeah, that thing. You know, that, that little thing over there you're worried about? Yeah, that thing too. Your kids, your bank account, all these things of life. Yeah, th- those too. Seek first. Conviction, urgency, priority. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. What does that spell? (laughs) That spells cup. Our life becomes like a cup. Becomes like a living sacrifice where God's mercy pours in and it flows out of my life. Why don't you just close your, close your heads? <laughs> close your eyes. It's preferable. Bow your heads for a second. Jesus, we want to be like a cup. As we breathe you in, Lord, we want to breathe you out. We pray, Lord Jesus, use us. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace and your power. Stephen, now God might be speaking to you about what that looks like. What does that look like in your everyday life? be a cup. Maybe it'll change the way you walk into your office. Maybe it'll change the way you go to work. Maybe it'll change the way you do your family life. Maybe it'll change some things. But we thank you, Lord, that you're the source. We come to you and we worship you, Jesus. Because all life, all peace, all freedom, all joy, it comes from the Lord. So we look to you today in Jesus' name. Amen.